Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming at you from, I guess we'll call it the New Cat Cave in Warwick, Rhode Island. I'll work on the name. Apologies for the lack of episodes and posting between uh, the move. I, if you, For those who are new to the show or haven't listened in a while, I, my wife and I just bought our first home. We started the process in December, ended it up in March. Long story short, took a long time. And during that time, right before we moved, my computer died and all my equipment broke. So recording a podcast has been a little bit tough. But this was such a fun episode to record because, like I just said, I don't have a computer and or equipment at the moment. Uh, Big shout out to my wonderful mother-in-law, Nona. That's Grandma Natalia for letting me use her laptop. And Jacob for hosting a media meetup night at AS220 focus is uh, new media like podcast uh, so I went to this uh, beat up which I highly recommend people go out to do things and find more community I'm trying myself tons of fun and um, by the end of it it was just Jacob and I and we're friends and we were just chatting and we were sitting in front of this equipment that he had all set up we we're showing off for his class which you also could take at AS220 and I was like dude you want to just hit these mics because we're just chatting so this is two podcasters one me very rusty at my interviewing uh completely no preparation and just really truly talking and i was impressed of how well it came out i'm really happy with it uh jacob's a great guy a great musician he teaches a podcasting class at as220 he plays all over new england you could uh, he's a podcaster editor host producer he's just very community oriented very community focused we are just uh fortunate to have someone like him in our community up in the uh, providence re- uh and rhode island region i just it's just it's great so i'm gonna keep this short uh follow me on the social media at let's chat podcast make sure you check him out uh jacob online check out his podcast love ya like crazy and tell me about your song Buy his music, take his class at AS220, and uh, wow, let's get to it. So, what would you like to talk about, sir? Uh, if it's cool with you, if I, if I could make this a Let's Chat episode after – whatever we talk about is whatever, but I can edit it out up to use it. For, you can be the next guest, so I should put out an episode for once. Okay, good and, enough. And unless you find something for me for your – I don't know anything about YA. I'm sorry. Ah, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah. What so, is YA, actually? Oh, God. Keep me, so the here's – Here's the thing. Yeah, I, I'm not against it. I just don't know it. My wife is a Harry Potter fanatic. Right. And then I saw the hum- no, I didn't even I didn't get on board with the Hunger Games. And I, this is I fucked this up real bad. This is, uh, so after Hunger Games came out, I think I saw it. And I liked it. Yeah. And then the movie Divergent came out. Yes. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get ahead of the curve. I'm gonna see this movie, and it fucking sucked so hard. Uh huh. So uh-huh. I gave up. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I mean, generally, sort of, um, how I think about young adult is just like, uh, there's just sort of a collection of things like, you know, typically, but not always, 
we're also above a dance club here, so that that will probably bleed in. It's so um, cool. So like you know the the protagonists are usually like teens, early twenties. Mm. Not always, but usually, um, and that's also the target audience. Yeah. Um, and then there's usually some kind of coming of age thing. Oh, I like all those. Can you give me examples? Like, is Harry Potter YA? Yeah. Um, I think that when the first book or two came out, uh, people may have thought of them as children's literature, just because I think Harry Potter is like that's why it was nine or eleven in the first book, something like that. Never read it, but yeah. Um, you know, but the series aged up as it went, mm. you know, and so did like J.K. Rowling. This is like sort of part of her genius. Um, at, was that she, uh, you know, it start, she started out with this book aimed at kids, and then each successive book was aimed at the same set of kids. So by the end, you know, it's aimed at 18-year-olds or whatever. Did she do that on purpose, or just the way she wrote it? That, I, yeah, I think, I mean, if I mean, it was, it was purpose, That's like sure. marketing genius. That's like Marvel level. Right. Like, get him on the Iron Man, and you'll stick around for 22 movies, and you'll take, we'll take all your money. Yeah, and then like once you know, once they're once the original, you know, the people who were the same age as Harry Potter was in the original books, like once they're old enough to start having kids, then that's gotta be. I feel like I missed the boat on that one because that must have been kind of fun if you read because I'm of the right age where I would have been similar to his age of the books when they came out. Like within, I don't know how old he is in the books, but like, you know, it must have been cool if you were like reading them when you were nine and Harry Potter's nine. Right. And then you kind of grow with them. Like, there's just certain things if you're at the right age. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like people are going to yell at us because I got his original age wrong. But uh, I apologize to those of you out there. You can look it up on Wikipedia yeah. if it's real important. Um, yeah. And so, <clears throat> right. So Harry Potter, I feel like, you know, Nowadays, everyone would consider all of those books YA, mm. even including the first ones, just sort of retroactively. Um, let's see, what are some other books? Like, there's... I mean, I feel like, even though the characters are older, I would kind of consider... I would almost consider The Hobbit YA. Mm. Uh, although it's simultaneously, like... I feel like adults can read that, or, or you know, people in elementary school mm. could read it or have it written read to them which is sort of what happened um you know whereas the lord of the rings is older mm. um i find that might be the hardest of the arts to make to make something that could work for everyone yeah like um have you seen the movie paddington i haven't but i know that everyone loves it yeah it's a kids movie based off the book and it's so good like mm-hmm. it's the both of them they're like legit just like dark knight or I don't know what I'm not a big film person, but like they're like just really good movies. But like a three year old could watch it, and then like a an 83 year old would watch it, and, and they just they would love it. Uh, I'm so not used to using headphones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't like hearing my voice, but Fair yeah, it's, so that's kind of cool. I think that that's hard, or like if, or even like in comedy, like like Jim Gaffigan is someone that can make me laugh, my mom laugh, and like my grandma or something. And I think that's harder than. Probably one of the hardest way to do an art form to get all the ages in in one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel I mean, just completely going off whatever topic it is that we're talking about. Uh, I feel like I've heard that one of the reasons why reality TV became popular was that it was a genre of TV show that could be watched by kids, parents, 
you know, could be watched by multiple generations at once, and you're not going to find anything too offensive. I mean, as you say that, I was just thinking back. Like, I remember, like, being on vacation with my family in Cape Cod, and it was storming out, and it was the season finale of the first episode of Survivor. Mm. Yeah, and that was like, oh, my God. Yeah, and I, I don't know how old I was, but that would probably be at that age where I wasn't watching stuff with my parents anyway so for probably for them i wonder if they were just like fine we'll watch this so we could see our son or whatever but uh what what year is that i don't know what year that is but 2099 yeah that would be my guess <laughs> i keep yawning it's no that's... not you at all just my, i'm on a new medication when it starts to wear oh. off it's just like oh yeah no i, I ain't yeah. gotcha. um so, uh, i was gonna blame the kid but yeah her too yeah no she she sleeps really well yeah and stuff so i'm really lucky um i can tell i haven't done a podcast in a while i'm like what do people talk about but, uh, well i um well maybe you could tell some people more about your your podcast a little oh sure so, so i can so, learn what you why is is some more okay so yeah so the podcast is love you like crazy love ya like crazy i know i wish i came up with it but uh my co-host did uh carrie um, and basically, Carrie used to live in Providence, uh, but she moved to North Carolina, I don't know, a while ago. And so, and we had fell out of touch a bit, but uh, so the part of the purpose of the podcast is just to like keep in touch with her, you know, and, and also to read more because like Twitter and Facebook has completely destroyed my ability to read books. Um, and yeah, um, so, you know, so we, we pick a book, we read it, you know, generally I will read it once, just like, just reading it like normal, and then again, taking notes, which is a weird way to read a book, but there you are. And then, uh, then we talk about it, and I feel like the ideal, the ideal episode gives, um, has an, at least one or two opportunities for one or both of us to, like, go on big rants and just get real angry about something. What uh, what would be a good episode for someone to start with? Um, like a never listen, but you're a fan of YA. So, well, if you would like to, so if you want to hear us uh, get real angry at a book, I yes, why wouldn't you? Uh, there's a book called uh, Shiver by Maggie St- Steve Otter, um, which is it's about werewolves, and I mean it's it's written well in a lot of ways. So I. I if you listen, if you dear listener enjoyed this book, I am not saying anything bad about you, but I found the book. I just, I read it and then I started reading it again. I'm like, Oh God damn it. I have to read this book again, which is like rare for me. Um, and, uh, so we just kind of tore that one to shreds and I wrote a song or actually Carrie wrote the lyrics. And then I said, I'm to music, uh, because the, the main character werewolf is also a singer songwriter. <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, so we wrote a song in, uh, his persona. Um, but if you would like something more positive, um, uh, right around that same time we did, what was it? Um, Stephanie Perkins wrote a book called, um, oh man, Carrie will kill me if, if I, for not remembering this. Uh, let's see. Stephanie Perkins. I am Googling this because I feel like... For the listener, Jacob is now taking out his smartphone, and I'm using my Terry Gross voice to distract you. Uh, but... Do you... I... I, It's funny now because I've... 
like I, I love my phone like everyone else, but it is funny how like it's I don't ever worry about going somewhere and having to wait anymore. Right. Like sometimes I plan it into my day. I was like, oh whatever, just get there ten minutes early, I'll just play my phone, whatever. Um, and then the French Kiss is the book I was thinking of, which is it's mm. like a YA romance yeah. book set at a boarding school in France. It's, it sounds completely insufferable, but it's uh, good. But uh, I, yeah, we both really liked it a lot. Um, so, and yeah, I think that's so interesting and accurate of like using your podcast as a way just to maintain a friendship and force you to do something you need to do. And I wonder if that's like what's going to be the let me what will be the future for the next generation because like you know every generation it's going to be different so like um my dad will tell me he remembers like growing up with three channels and i'll get to grow up and tell my my and tell my daughter like well i remember when there was no internet or i remember when we only had like uh i don't know 700 channels instead of 7 million oh yeah so i, I, just, I so it's like you gotta find a reason to do things like I'll find myself engaging with movies and TV or more art or anything with like a podcast companion. Like there's a, a TV show I really like called iZombie and they, there's a fan iZombie podcast that I like and it just, I don't know if it, it got to listen to a, I got to watch the show and I got to oh, I'm gonna miss it tonight, but you got to, you got to watch it and then I got to listen to the podcast and like, I don't know. There's something kind of cool about that. And like, I don't know if I would have been that into iZombie if it wasn't, no, I probably would, but I wouldn't, make it such a point to watch it if it wasn't the case like you know you gotta you gotta force this stuff like you really get to a point where you have to like schedule out fun which sucks yeah but i mean like you know uh people kind of make fun of the idea of like podcasts of like three white dudes in a room you know three white friends talking about whatever um you know, and I mean, somewhat justifiably, like that's definitely some. There are definitely a million of those podcasts, but I mean, they exist for a re- you know, they exist for a reason, and that reason isn't necessarily bad. Like, it's a way to get together with, with your yeah. friends, and and if like if if you don't have any listeners, like who cares in a way, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I understand that too, and I know where people's sentiment is coming from, but like I'm also like, yeah, but of all the mediums, like you could say that about every medium, like the podcasting might be the best chance because like a, it's audio, and b, it's like. Trust me, no one's listening to those, and and they don't care, because right. I've been on them, and they're and I've hosted them. Like yeah. it, it's it's fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I know that. Like, and I obviously I'd love to see more diversity within the podcasting right. industry, obviously. But it's still, what do you? Well, so you. So I just had two thoughts at once. I froze myself. Uh, so I wanted you're, you were on the show. You've been on the show a couple times, and because we live in Providence and school, we get to have like a real life friendship. Uh, but you are now a teaching podcasting AS220. Maybe can we explain what AS220 is for the non-Providence people? Okay, so AS220, it's actually... Well, so there, there's... Okay. How can I make this not complicated and also not boring? So AS220 is like this old artist collaborative uh, that's been around, I don't know, like, oh, I think 25 years now. Um, and, you know, and it originally it was just like... Um, it was just a room... Uh, above the Columbus Theater that was, someone rented out. Um, Bert, who uh, started AS220, you know, and then eventually it grew and, and now they own, I don't know, I feel like a, 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 lot, right? a, a fair chunk of downtown. Mm. Um, but it's like the idea is that there it has art shows that are unjuried. There's music. They have a stage. If you're a musician who lives in Rhode Island, you can get a show there. 
you know, again, it's unjuried, so you just put your name in, and it, it'll take a while because there's always a big long wait list, but you eventually will get booked. Um, and more recently, I'm not sure how many years ago, I, I think not that many, um, they they had this idea of, well, originally it was a dark room. They basically decided we'll have a dark room that's available for public use. You 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 know pay pay a little bit of money, you can go and use the dark room, and now they've got like a 3D printer. They've got a, yeah, uh, they have a laser cutter. They've got a print, pr- you know, a printing press, letter press. Um, what else? Uh, silk screen. You know, they just have well a computer lab full of stuff. Which we're sitting. Is that what we're in now? Is this the computer yeah. lab? Yeah. Uh, with a bunch of Macs, and then in the basement, which we should be recording in, but we're not. Uh, there's a there's a editing studio which you can also record in it's like the editing slash podcasting studio so um so i got involved i think two years ago two and a half years ago um and one of the and my basic purpose was i was i just thought that that it should there should be a way to you know that it would be a good that I just thought it would be good to have like more resources available for local podcasters and to encourage people to start podcasting who weren't already. And so um, at some point someone suggested I could teach a ca- an intro to podcasting class. And I, I, I was like, oh, yeah, I should do that sometime. And then they were like, how about in May? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, May, sure. So Did you have yeah. teaching experience? Well, um, nothing. I mean, I, you know, when I, like, 20 years ago, I was a substitute teacher at a high school teaching math. Uh, So nothing very formal or anything. Um, You know, that's something I think about for sure. But, um, you know, basically it's a three-day class. It's, uh, you know, three days over three weeks, um, three hours each time. So a total of nine hours. And the basic structure of it is the first day is like... uh, you know, things to consider when you're starting a podcast, like what do you need to do? You need an icon, you need theme music, maybe you need to figure out what you're doing. Like you should figure out what your goals are for it, etc. Um, and then day two is like, go into the basement, record some stuff, come back up and I show people how to edit in Hindenburg. People aren't necessarily going to use Hindenburg themselves, but you know, a lot of the concepts are kind of We'll transfer over, hopefully, and whatever. And then the final day is basically like, okay, so now let's export your export your recordings and upload them someplace. And here's how publishing a podcast actually works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, you know, these classes have a maximum of six students, so it's a pretty small class. And whatever people are interested in, we can spend time on. But that's generally how I try to plan it out. Uh, what kind of people do them? Uh, all kinds of different people like it's been surprising to me um and it's hard to predict like sometimes i you know i had a couple of people who weren't completely sure what a podcast was it seemed like um which i'm glad didn't happen the first time i taught the class by the time it that finally came up i was a little better prepared i think um and one or two people who already had started podcasts and just were curious about you know to hear what i had to say i guess and then just you know college students um 
people from the community, people, you know, people who have local businesses. Um, one of the people who does the podcasting stuff at the What Cheer Writer Studio took my class. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I, yeah, so that's right. What Cheer Writers is another like local resource for podcasters for sure that people mm. should check out. Yeah, it's cool because like I think you're like the first person I know in real life who started taking the podcast away from the computer and building like a community around here around it and isn't it kind of funny that with all of our hard work uh it's crime town being set in providence it kind of got everyone out of uh, at least for me it's what made me find so many more rhode island podcasters because of because of that uh the monthly would start writing like other podcasts that you should listen to by um Oren Hannity, really good, nice guy, really good dude, and um so that was pretty cool like, to see that like kind of seismic shift of like the monthly or little things like that, like print media start t- talking about it, and I'm like, oh, do we we must have met on Twitter, I'd imagine. Uh, I think maybe in in a, the Facebook or so. Yeah, it wasn't like it, it, and it wasn't local based. It was just by coincidence no. we happen to both live uh, in Providence. But, yeah. Yeah. But then. Or maybe it was Twitter. It, well, yeah, one of those two. But like, so I thought that was kind of cool. And but um, but now it's like you could go and meet these people in between AS20 and uh, what Cheer has a studio. And there, I know there's actually other studios too and other radio stuff that I would like to know more of. If you're out there, reach out. Yeah, please do. Um, yeah, and and there's also like I just saw a meetup group. You know, there's like these podcast brunch clubs that go up, which are listening clubs. Yes, not- my I heard. You know, I was going to start one here in Providence a couple of years ago, and then I just never got my, my couldn't get get my act together. My my good buddy uh, Nate, you must know him. I think Nate he now he works at Interview Connections as a booking agent. Okay. Oh, that's right at the podcast studio launch. I think I missed you, but I, we, I saw you for like I think I was walking out as you were walking in, but he would have been at that. But um, he was telling me that they're doing one here in Providence now. So I think I might do that. Too, because I think it's cool that you could. It, I don't know. It's community, right? Like, right. I need, I need more community in my life. Yeah, I think I. I yeah, I agree. Um, and I feel like, you know, uh, particularly, um, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to get involved in podcasting stuff at AS220 was, I felt, you know, like here you can, if you're a, pay, if you do a pay-as-you-go thing you pay $25 for two hours of recording time I think it's either two or four I think it's two um so for $50 a month which is not nothing but it's not that much um you know you get access to a studio with three well yes but also like you get access to a studio with you know three um like $350 microphones and you don't um, have to have a stranger come to your home. <laughs> right. And uh, so it's just like a, a great resource. And I feel like if people know about it and, you know, who are going to be downtown anyway, then you could really. And I mean, AS220, like another part of industries that I didn't mention before is AS220 Youth, which is like works with local mm. schools and stuff to get kids come in. And actually, I'm not totally sure what AS220 Youth is, yeah. but it, uh, you know, um, because I'm old and cranky and I don't, <laughs> but, um, but it seems cool. And, you know, and, and so it just seems like there are these opportunities to get like, uh, people who aren't just like 
you know, like me, like you, the yeah. white straight man, yeah. um, to like come in and because I feel like the more voices out there, the better. Oh, absolutely. You know? and, and, and you'll hear people like, oh, there's too many podcasts. Like, but nobody says that about music, right? Like, oh my God, stop making music. I'm like, I'm like, well, there's. <laughs> there's no one's ever like stop making tv stop making movies stop writing books like art isn't supposed to stop so like you can't have too many podcasts like it's just we all know we're not going to be able to consume all the media we want in our lifetime yeah yeah i mean like as as a uh you know as someone raised by folkies in the folk music tradition like i'm definitely like you know Everyone gets their own, you know, like everyone sing, everyone play, you know, everyone yeah. make your own thing. And, uh, yeah. oh my God, that's so exactly what it is. That's totally right. Yeah. You know, I and I, I understand that then you get like problems of discovery, the great big, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but, you know, nonetheless, I mean, I feel like there, there has to be the solution to that is not to be like, so only these people are allowed to to make the thing. It's uh, it's a double edged sword, like because like it's like when you like a band, but then they become famous, and then you call them a sellout. I mean, I don't do that anymore, but I was younger. Uh, uh, but like you know, it's 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 weird thing. Like you want to support it. It's tough. It's tough. I'm. And what is it? But uh, what is that saying? Like a rising sea raises all ships. Yeah. Yeah. Ra- yeah rising yeah. tide. I think. Rising tide. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and if interesting too like um there's a huge loneliness crisis that's happening um worldwide and specifically like in america which um oddly enough the reason i can cite this is the mag when i was growing up teen vogue or was like you know trash but i don't read it still don't but um apparently now whoever is running it it's like super like i guess woke would be the word for it and they like real so i i would like kind of I like to I, I, well, I like to grow up and not grow old, so I try to stick with it. And especially because the age of the internet, like uh, that they're, they're talking about kids already. Like loneliness is fucking huge. It's so big because you know, and now we don't need to go into the social media, blah blah blah. But it, it's it, that is a huge piece of it. And I'm like, oh, maybe podcasting could be the solution for me or for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's not like community centers like there used to be. Like when my grandparents were younger, they people had bowling alleys. And that was like the thing that everyone would go to. And those kind of don't really exist anymore. Like there's nothing like that. Maybe like the library and church are like tend to be the two places that all are welcome. Yeah. Well, maybe I take back certain churches. Well, I mean, right. Not to say that these old things didn't have their own problems, but, but yeah, but yeah there isn't, there doesn't seem like, you know, yeah, it doesn't seem like. They actually can, you could pinpoint to the moment in American society when this happened. It's actually air conditioning is what when the when the second air conditioning went into the homes, everyone stopped sitting out on the stoop and started ah. to go inside, and it's just been kind of a gradual thing. So now, but it's just like the th- and so it's what you would call like an unintended consequence. So I guess now it's like you just have to be prepared for everyone should hear in this too. Like you gotta, you have to be around people because there's something that happens sitting across from each other like physiologically like you know science shit that's what they call yeah. it science shit yeah but that we don't get from a screen which is why i think we'll always have live music you're always going to have even in the day of the internet and even though we could be doing this on a computer far away it's just i don't know we're, we're still here that was a ramble <laughs> love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's interesting. 
that's cool that you've been teaching here though i've been admiring that i was like that is so fucking cool i was like i don't know how you fill three hours of class i'd be like hey well it's um it's interesting it never goes quite the same way sometimes you end up with like for a little while i was bringing in guests uh like guest people to talk just talk for an hour about their experience in podcasting um but uh, I stopped doing it partly because it, uh, arranging it was kind of a pain and it was difficult to figure out how the pay should work exactly. But then also just because I would sometimes end up running out of time at the end. And yeah. and so I wasn't, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, the, the time does go by. Um, trying to think of, say, to say exactly how it goes without subjecting everyone to a three-hour lecture right now but um you know i i you know i wish i had more hands-on time actually like one of the why am i trash talking my own course on a podcast but like one of the things that i kind of struggle with and which i try to think about how to do better is that the really the hands-on stuff doesn't happen until either the second class or the very end of the first class just because i feel like to me, it's logical to start out, be like, okay, so you want to start a podcast. Okay, what does that mean? Like, what is it going to be about? Um, what are your goals? You know, some maybe we talk about monetization. I don't always. It sort of depends on what people are interested in. Um, do you? Uh, do you don't have Patreon or anything? Do you? Um, I've we uh, so Love You Like Crazy started a Patreon fairly recently. Uh, which has been unsuccessful so far. Um, my mother signed up. Thanks, Mom. Uh, yeah. Mom's great. Um, not just because she gives me money to podcast. Uh, but uh, She signed up for the $1 tier. <laughs> and then she asked Actually, for she did, but yeah. All right. I, I think about refunding it sometimes. But um, yeah, and I feel like, I mean, I just was at PodX, which is a podcasting conference in Nashville, and one of the panels that I w- had wanted to go to but I ended up missing was a uh, monetization one, which and there was also a community building one. These are both super relevant to my life. I went to neither of them. What are you going to do? Um but what was I saying? Okay, yeah. So yeah, so I, I have done the, I have tried the Patreon thing, uh, not with a great deal of success yet. Although, keep plugging away. Um, they had a class at what year? Oh, did they? Oh like, yeah, yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah. I think, I forget. I couldn't go for some reason. Also, I'm not a member there yet, which is dumb. I should join. But, um, you know, there's advertising, which I have some. I mean. I don't know. Uh, advertising is weird. Did you see that article? I think it was two or three years ago, which is, um, I'm going to take out my phone again. Uh, it's, it's about the mattress. Um, was it Forbes? I think it might've been. They write, they were, seems to be the ones who were writing some early good podcasting industry stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh no, it's a fast company, I guess. Oh, okay. The, the war to sell you a mattress is an internet nightmare. Uh, this article is fantastic, and I recommend. Oh my god, I had. 
read that. I don't remember the content because it was a couple years ago, but I do remember that. Can do you remember the like the Cliff Note version of it? Is just uh... well, basically, so um, you know, mattresses, all these sites like Casper, and I forget what the other ones are. Um, I'm sure everyone listening, we're doing the same thing. You think of every ad you've heard in every podcast, and that's just like I don't even remember what it was. There's Casper and there definitely are. Oh, I, I can't remember. Um, but they all have affiliate programs. So basically, you can promote the mattress company, and then people buy a mattress using their code, and then you get a surprisingly large cut of the sale. So you can actually make a lot of money. Like there are websites that are mattress review websites that make hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. Seriously. Um, and so when there's this much money in play, things start getting kind of weird. And so one of the things that happened was there was one particular site that, like, I, th- I think it may have even been Casper, but don't quote me and don't sue me, Casper, please, because obviously you're fairly litigious, because they sued this guy for reviewing their mattress poorly um and it was like this big protracted thing oh actually no before i even get to that so part of it is that if you're a reviewer you know if you have this website or if you have a podcast or whatever uh these mattress companies will send you free mattresses so that you'll review them um, and in fact, the, the way that the article begins is the reporter says, you know, in full, you know, for full disclosure, um, I got my mattress from one of these free, from one of these mattress sites because I, I mentioned to someone, you know, hey, I'm looking for a mattress right now. And they said, oh, my friend has free mattresses, you know, coming out of his ears. Uh, you should talk to him and he'll just give you one. And it was because he's a reviewer. And so they just send them to him. Um, and then uh, at some and this particular guy, in fact, uh, was the one who was eventually sued. <clears throat> and there was like this big protracted th- negotiation about it. Um, and eventually, I think what happened was the mattress company, there was an agreement where the mattress company bought the website. And so, the, you know, for some large amount of money. The, so then the guy no longer is a Matthew mattress reviewer. The website is owned by the mattress company. And it was just like this whole weird, like, strong-arming, speaking of crime town, you know, like sort of mafia-esque You know, Yelp situation. is really bad about that, too. Oh, really? Yeah, Yelp does this thing. Um, this is from people I've known or I've heard from people who own restaurants. Uh, they'll, like, call, say – you and I open a restaurant – uh, Let's do it. Uh, yeah, it will fail immediately. I can't cook. But say we opened a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll do a restaurant. Let's just make that. And uh, Yelp will, like will call you. You have to call you or whatever to get listed on Yelp. And they'll eventually, as you raise within your popularity, they'll do things like, well, if you pay us X amount of dollars, we'll put your good reviews on top. And if you don't, no matter what, we'll put your bad reviews. And that could make or break a restaurant. So they do they do stuff like that. You know. Yeah, and I was actually – I actually st- – I don't know about you. I've given up online reviews because, like, I would, like, buy something online, and I'm like, oh, I read the review on Amazon. It's great. And I'm like, I don't know who this person is, and I don't give a shit. Like, I like – for me, I went the other way. It's like I now only want to listen to journalists. I want to listen to people. Like, it's like why do I care what, like, someone I've never met who I have no idea what we think this faceless person thinks about, like, a T-shirt I'm going to buy? 
or like, or like I don't go online to look at restaurant reviews. Like I'm like I want I want a food critic. I want someone who knows what they're talking about. Because like I can probably sit here and tell you how wonderful something is, and you'll hate it because it's probably garbage. Because that's not. But I'm not a professional reviewer. It's just I'm giving you my personal opinion on something. So it's I don't know. I'm I, I see. But but then that's the thing. I'm sorry. Back to that site. But that's exactly what happens with Yelp. Amazon is like they just all start these other secret company that they kind of own. Like you're buying a mattress from say Casper, but I'm gonna go to a quote unquote third party also owned by Casper. That's not. I don't know, that's, that sounds yeah. kind of shitty, and uh, doesn't make you a very good consumer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not good for that is not good for the consumer. Is what I meant to say. Right. So how does this relate to podcasting? Do you think? Oh, are just, we there? Uh, oh, I was just that—that uh, that was a big tangent to describe why I, you know, sort of why I'm not super comfortable with podcast advertising, even though I understand. Like, I don't. I'm not going to say anything bad about people, people who do it. It's, a, it's um, the constant but, battle between commerce and, commerce and art, and I don't think it ever will go away. I mean, I'll tell you the other thing is, oh, man, what was it? Um, see, this was a few years, too, so, of course, I remember virtually nothing about it. But uh, I just remember, because, like, one of the arguments for, like, native advertising, where the host reads the ads, mm. is that, then that means that the host will like do more research and make sure that they're not going to promote something shady. Whereas if they're putting in, yeah, uh, but, um, but then I think, uh, a bunch of podcasts I listened to Mark Marin was one of them. I'm pretty sure like we're promoting pretty heavily a fantasy football league mm. site. I forget what it was called. DraftKings. DraftKings. It was yeah, DraftKings. They're pretty shitty too. And I thought uh, this seems like kind of blatantly a a way to uh, you know like a betting it's it's for betting yeah. but it doesn't it's not saying it's for betting it's saying it's something else. Oh, this is before gamble sports gambling was legal because that that they I think they're the ones that lobbied it to get legal as well. I'm sure they did. But yeah, uh, you know, and so I was like, this just seems real sketchy, yeah. and I'm not. Super happy to hear these people who I like or and respect, mm. you know. And then, like a couple months later, the state of New York went after them for violating yes. gambling laws. I saw that in John Oliver. Yeah, and I was like, I was right. Yeah, this was totally sketchy. But um, well, there, there's a podcast I want to shout out that I fucking love. I have no connection to them, so I just I listen. To, it's called the Daily Zeitgeist. I listen to it every day, uh, and um. It's part of the iHeart Radio Network or how stuff works. How stuff works, and um, so they're oh, very. It's very liberal, but it's about like you know just about what's going on, news, culture, blah blah blah, and um, so they constantly talk negatively about the Koch brothers and Fox News, and Fox News somehow reached out somehow to them to buy advertising, and they said no, and now every episode start with like. Uh, so whatever, whatever. And off the top of it, say fuck Fox News. But then actually, kind of added some um, what you would call like uh, credibility, because now I know that they're gonna pick ads. Like I know it sounds weird, like ads that mean something to me, like The New Yorker or a mattress. But like they're not advertising Fox News or Coke Industries. So there's I don't know. So I guess there's a way to do it both. Of be like, I don't want to be like a product I believe in, but I do understand if you need to make money, you need to make some money. So how do you make it as ethically as possible? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Like you got it. You know, expenses and yeah. even if you are getting enough money from Patreon or whatever to 
like it, you kind of want a diversity of income so that if something dries up, you still yeah. have other stuff to fall back. But and we're at such different levels. Like I'm not doing oh, yeah. it to make money. There are people and and um, that do this as a living, which is fucking crazy. Um, or there's Midroll's a company that people hire to to connect advertisers to podcasting. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Don't I remember like you were on another podcast talking about some advertiser that you hated? I think they were like some kind of herbal supplement or that totally something. That sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I do hate herbal supplements. Big there time. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was. It was did the Herbalife do? Yes. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Okay. There are. They're bad. And then. Um, some ads I just get sick of. I don't know. My well, yeah. preference I mean, is the ads in the beginning. I don't like when they're in the middle. But then I, I I also get it. But then sometimes too though, and this is really nitpicky and I don't blame him, but like if you're listening to like a, like a celebrity will start a podcast the way you and I do oh, yeah. like in their home. And I was like, like I like Dak Shepard has a really good podcast and they have ads and they deserve to make money, whatever. But I'm almost like, dude, you could afford a couple of mics and the $20 a month Libsyn subscription. But the flip side is they do live shows and they have big names. And I know there's more to it. They probably have to hire a booker. And there's, so I know there's more. My expenses are very low, but I also don't have enough adver- listeners to get advertisers. So, well, I mean, that's a, like the other kind of separate thing is like the, as long as we're complaining about celebrities, just like the, like you listen to some kind of podcast and you're just like, uh, this podcast would have as many listeners as I did if this person were not famous for a different reason, mm-hmm. right? Where you're just like, just yeah, I would never, I'd never listen to Dexter. Actually, I hated him. I never liked him, and my really? my wife turned me on to it. Okay, it is, it's actually, but it's a good podcast. It, it really, it's kind of like more a little more Mark Marin, but a little more positive. Okay. Yeah. Well. So he, because I only knew him from his public persona, didn't think about him twice. You know, he's just a person I didn't care about. But uh, he's he gets people really interesting people on, and he's really vulnerable. And he's in recovery, and he's been molested as a child, and he's had like a fucked up life, and he's just so open. And like people in recovery can be some of the funniest, most f- amazing storytellers you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. Like I'm a drug, I do drug counseling as well, like, professionally. Um. So like, uh, yeah, I always. Uh, so it's it's interesting because sometimes people like that will have uh, I don't know if there's I don't know it's like a lack of shame or I don't really call it a lack of shame but just like they've been through so much stuff that nothing surprises them so they're just so honest it's yeah it's fun it's interesting. What do you listen to now, like podcast-wise? Oh God, uh, so many things. Did you get into the true crime wave? I never really did. Like, I listened to Crime Town, yeah. uh, the local thing. And then, for some reason, this podcast has turned into me talking about things in podcasting that made me make me uncomfortable. When they started doing tours, and I'm like... They did? Yeah, they did. Fuck, I'd love to do that. Right, I know. Sorry. Like, yeah, I think they, oh, I think they maybe did something at the Columbus or something. But oh, they did a live show. I don't know yeah, why live I show. couldn't go to it. Ugh. But I was just like, these people are murderers, and we're paying them money <laughs> to talk about it. I know. And uh, so, like, so that and like the, I, I, I mean, I listened to Serial. Uh, I worked with people who had association with Crime Town, not the podcast, but the criminal aspect of it in sure. Providence. So that's no one, no one on the show. There's no way, but yeah, I've. Yeah. I tangentially had worked with people who were part of that world. 
So it's kind of interesting to be like, I'll be listening to him like, there's things I know you're not talking to us. Well, yeah, I mean, I had a friend who worked at City Hall and quit like just before Plunderdome. What's that? What's that? Oh, that's when, that's, so the second time Buddy CNC went to jail, okay. it was, okay. uh, he was arrested for running a criminal enterprise, uh, which was the Providence government. <laughs> basically um and so that that was operation plunderdome that was an fbi operation designed like to investigate and how did he do all that i still don't understand it i mean i listened to crime town but my memory of it is faded but you know, I, I i had moved to providence when he ran or i was living here when he ran for that third time yeah that that didn't go over and his Fucking it. I hate that dude. And I loved his argument. He's like, listen, I've already got, I've already got caught twice. Why would, I go why would I go for a third time? He actually, he said, actually that said that is his I argument why you should vote which, for him. I mean, my, my reaction to that was like, I don't understand why Buddy C.A.N.C. wants to die in jail. I don't get I don't it. Either. I don't either. But anyway, he, he is dead. He, uh, he wasn't reelected, so. Well, he, and he took a lot of, I mean, of still credit. Lo- still for, loved by, by many here. Well, I could tell everyone who still loves him that they're all incorrect and that he did not do anything good for the city. And all that stuff that he gets credit for is actually like places like Rosemont, Rhode Island, the Rhode Island Foundation, like all the invisible things. This is all stuff I learned from my wife. Like, no, the, no, that's The correct. invisible things that you don't actually see that make a city I work. Obviously, like, obviously he had a thing, but Buddy Cianci didn't move the river. Buddy Cianci didn't start water fire. Like he just took credit for a lot of shit and he's a bad yeah, person. Uh, right. Yeah. That's why I don't know. Hot take. He would, he would let people... Um, yeah, we're paying. You, we're local. This is too local. I won't get to it. But like the the issues with like the pension funds or the firefight. That, oh all yeah, this no, is all that, stuff that yeah, all, no, all he, that he left in our he lab. Totally fucked the city yeah, with that. Yeah, stuff. I mean he just um, awful, awful. But well, uh, with that searing indictment of Providence city politics, uh, we are getting yeah. the wrap up sign from various a, individuals at AS. We're getting the light. Um, yeah. Yeah, hot take, uh, Buddy Sansi, now dead. I can say all these bad things about him. We assume he is in hell. Um, uh, well, so, where uh, could so, people find you and your podcast online? Okay, so uh, Love You Like Crazy has a website, loveyoulikecrazy.com. That's, again, L-O-V-E-Y-A, and then Like Crazy. I was about to forget how to spell like and crazy, so I'll leave that to you, .com, uh, or, you know, you can find it anywhere podcasts are located. Um, and then I myself have a website at jacobhaller.com, which has, you know, my podcast appearances, including on Chris's podcast, um, and my music and uh, some knitting patterns that oh, yeah, I created. Oh, yeah, you're a musician. We forget, we kind of uh, eh, whatever. skip that, that part. But, oh, well, thank you. I have not recorded in a very long time, and this is kind of the, the jolt that I All needed. Right. And you've been someone I've been really wanted to have back on, and then the last couple of years I've just kind of fell apart. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad so, this worked, I'm glad this yeah, worked out. In my day-to-day life, I'm a man of two words. But on Google Chats, I can't wait to talk to my nurse. It's my social relief. The one thing that I do online I've tried Facebook and Twitter too But they ain't worth a dime You know I go to my job And work hard every day 
So how come all of my friends on G-Chat are set to away? You know that I live alone. I don't want to just talk to the wall. And when there's no one to talk to, I feel about six inches tall. You know the connecting friends, that's what the internet is for. Along with pictures of kittens and maybe a few things more. 